Grace is one of my favorite words. It is such a lavish gift, and it is available to all by faith in Jesus Christ. And so we're studying in the book of Ephesians today, and we will start in chapter 2. And just to remind you that it is the Apostle Paul, while in prison, he writes this in Bible terms, epistle, but a letter to the church in Ephesus. And he talks to them about grace. And this letter still speaks to us today about the gift of grace and how it's available to everybody through faith in Christ. And it starts there in Ephesians 2. I'll start in verse 1 and I'll read out of the English Standard Version. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in, hev- in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that was Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 6 from the English Standard Version. So truth number one today is we are saved by grace. Now in those six passages of scripture that I read to you. Understand that Paul, again, he's in prison and in prison, in that dark place, that horrible circumstance, he's following the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he's imparting to the church at Ephesus and to us today, profound theological truths that none of us can completely grasp this side of heaven. You remember at the end of chapter one, Paul says, and God put all things under Christ's feet. And then at the beginning of chapter two, Paul says, and you. So he's saying, so all things are under Christ's feet and you were dead in your trespasses and dead in your sins. We were dead in our sins. So everything is under Christ's feet. We're dead in our sins. But God, who is rich in mercy, by his grace, allowed us the opportunity to be saved, allowed us the opportunity to, instead of living as children of wrath, instead of us living as an enemy of God with our own stomachs, as our appetite at doing any which thing that we thought was right, God offered us by grace a way to be dead to sin, to be alive in Christ, and to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. And you might say, but Monica, I'm not seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for a way to make my bills. I am just trying to figure out this whole political thing. I don't know what is going on with the church. I don't know. And the thing is in the midst of all of that, we are right now by faith, by grace, we are dead to sin. We've been made alive in Christ and we are seated with him in heavenly places. 
And Paul, as he's penning this book under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, even though he was in a physical prison, he's imparting the truths of God. And today we're still receiving that from him, the words that he penned. And we are able by faith in Christ to receive grace, to be forgiven of our sins, to be absolutely dead to sin, but made alive in Christ. And that is a deep theological truth that we can't fully understand. The Bible says that we know, we know in part and we see in part. We see as through a glass dimly. But however dimly that glass is that we see through, we see enough to understand that we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places and that changes everything. That his grace called us out from a life of darkness, from a life that's steeped in sin, from a life in which we did anything we wanted to and thought that that was good and right. And he opened up our eyes by his grace so that we could see that the things that we thought were right are no longer right and that God is right. And that by believing in his son, Jesus Christ, that we can be saved, that we can be made new. Now, truth number one for today is we are saved by grace. Now, Paul makes it very clear to us that we cannot earn this grace. We can't pay God back for this grace. It is the goodness of God. And we need to understand that so many times we can overlook, like we can even stumble over the goodness of God and stumble over grace because we are so entrenched with the challenges and with the difficulties of our daily life. It might be a medical diagnosis. It could be a financial reversal. It could be anything, and it clouds our minds. I was just talking with a very dear friend of mine, friends for years. She had cancer. She went through her chemotherapy, her radiation, her uh, surgery. She was declared cancer-free. Six years later, cancer was back was worse than it was to begin with. Her questions, right? Why? She has children. She has things that she needs to do here on this earth. It's hard. Financially, it's hard. Physically, it's hard. And she's like, Monica, I ask myself, why? Like, why did this happen? And here's the thing. On this side of heaven, we may not get a lot of answers to those whys. I believe, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but honestly, I think when we're in his presence completely and we are like him and we've been made like him, we probably won't ask why. We will probably understand. But on this side of heaven, we're just never going to understand everything completely. But what we can do in the middle of darkness and challenges is look up. We can understand that his grace is lavish that his grace has saved us, that we are saved by grace. We will never totally understand that either this side of heaven. But we've been made dead to sin and alive in Christ. This means we are under no obligation whatsoever to obey our sinful nature. Yeah, temptations are going to come our way. The Bible says there is no temptation except that which is common to man. But with every temptation, right, there's also made wide the way of escape. So when that temptation, whether that's to use drugs, to overspend, to cheat, to, to slack off on your job, to steal something like whatever that is for you. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. If you will open up your spiritual eyes, his word promises that along with that temptation, he will make wide the way of escape. So I asked God, I'm like, okay, so make my way of escape really clear and really wide because sometimes I'm a little slow to catch on. So help me out here. And you know what? He's faithful. He loves us. He's given us his grace because he loves us. He has seated us in heavenly places so that we can see far beyond this natural world. We are fooled and coddled and tempted to think that this world is all that there is. And you all, that's just not the way that it is. We look up by faith. We can see that we've been saved by grace. His grace has made a way for us that we couldn't make. When you look further down after verse 6, when you look at verses Seven and eight, you'll see again, it talks about the immeasurable riches of grace. It talks again, for, for you have been saved by grace. And so we need to understand that this grace is a gift from God and that God is the one who has prepared us for good works. We don't have to try to figure out these good works. We don't have to try really hard to make good happen. We have the life of Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us at the moment that we believe by faith in Christ. We are given that Holy Spirit as our guarantee, as our seal. And we have that inside of us that we can draw from inside of our lives so that we can do the good works that God prepared for us to do long, long, long in advance. I want to start here reading in verse 11 out of Ephesians uh, 2. Therefore, remember at one time, that you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember at one time that you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Okay, so we're talking about grace. We're talking about being seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are talking about in Ephesians 2, 11 through 13, we've been brought near. We who were far away, the Gentiles, he brought us near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Truth number two for today, there is great power in the blood of Christ. I want you to understand that his grace made a way. His blood has brought us near. 
And if that's not good news, then there is just no good news available. The blood of Jesus Christ brought us near. I know that in some circles and in some churches, I'm sorry to say, people don't want to talk about the blood of Christ because it's gory or it might make people uncomfortable. Listen, the blood of Christ is what cleanses us from our sins. The blood of Christ is where the power is for the believer. The gift of salvation comes by grace and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. It is the blood of Christ that takes what is red as scarlet and makes it white as snow. It is the blood of Christ that allows you and that allows me to stand before a holy God without fault, without a single blemish. You all, you know we can't do that on our own. We know that. But Jesus shed his blood so that we could be brought near. Talk about grace. Talk about a ridiculous gift. Talk about getting what we cannot deserve. Talk about getting what we cannot earn. Grace, grace, and more grace. The blood of Christ cleansing us. Scripture is clear. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. You all, sin is a heavy burden. Guilt, shame, worry, all byproducts of sin. All of the things that we see that are wrong in this world today, it's just not wrong thinking. It's just not a different philosophy. It's just not a different political whatever. Eventually, when you trace it back to its root, it's sin. It's a sin problem. And the only way to get rid of the sin problem is by faith receiving the grace of Jesus Christ, being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So if people don't want to talk about the blood of Christ, that's their choice. But we better be talking about the blood of Christ. We better be asking for the blood of Christ to cleanse us so that we can stand before a holy God without fault, without a single blemish. That's some powerful blood. That's a powerful sacrifice that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, took on the sin of the world, and that the blood that he shed provided a way for you and for me, who were once far off to be brought near, to graft us in into the family of God. His blood provides everything that we need. The book of 1 Peter teaches us that we weren't redeemed by gold or silver, but we were ransomed. We are redeemed by the blood of Christ. And I will put that verse and all the verses that we talk about in Ephesians today, if you don't have your Bible with you, if you go to monicashmelter.com, you can look at the online, extra, online extras and all the verses will be there. I think more than at any time ever, in our culture, it is important that we are students of the word, that we are diligently studying the word, the scriptures, because in the scriptures, we find truth and we find life. And this grace that is available to all who believe in Jesus Christ, while the scripture says we can't earn it and we don't deserve it, and that's true, understand the goodness of God, knowing that we couldn't pay him back, knowing that we can't earn it, 
knowing that we do not deserve it, he said, I love you so much, I want to give you grace. And he stands before a rebellious and a sinful people. And he says, whosoever will, come. He says, whosoever will, I will give you grace. You've been struggling under a mountain of guilt and sin and entrenched in all of that, whatever that is. Your mess, my mess, is not too big for God. Your guilt, the things that you struggle with, the things that keep you up at night, not too big for God. And I don't say that easily. There have been many nights I've been up all night walking the floors, rebuking fear, doubt, and unbelief, where regret has felt like my portion, and I've just thought, oh, I know him, and I could have done better, but I didn't. And the enemy would keep you there, and he would keep us there, but I have to come to the place that I say, grace, by grace and faith in Christ, I can't earn this. I don't deserve it. But my heavenly father decided in his infinite goodness and in his wisdom, this is what he wanted to do. So I'm not going to argue with his plan. I mean, there Paul is in prison, could have given himself over to suffering and just to the, the dreariness of being locked. Away. Oh, my goodness. And yet he's being obedient to the father so that you and I could receive the word and could receive life and truth today. His blood destroys the wall of hostility. His blood destroys all brokenness. His blood brings healing. His blood is redemption. We, by faith in Christ, by grace, can be seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. Whatever your circumstances, be them wonderful, mediocre, or not so much. If you have faith in Christ, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. Not tomorrow, not if you're good enough next week, not if you're over your addiction, not, no, no, right now. If you name the name of Christ, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. There's a seat for all of us there. His grace made a way. His blood paid the price. Go Stay with me, Ephesians 2, go down to verse 14. And again, if you, if you can read with me in the Bible or go to monicaschmelter.com in the online extras and we list all the scriptures so that you can read along or study on your own. It says, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two. So making peace and might reconcile us to God in one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles 
and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Truth number three, we are one in Christ. Now again, this epistle, this letter, written by Paul to the church of Ephesus, he is saying to the Gentiles, you have been grafted in. You were once far off, but now you've been brought near. The wall of hostility, all those boundaries, everything that has divided us as a people has been broken down in the body of Christ and he has grafted us in as one. And we'll see later as we continue in Ephesians, his heart for unity. But I want you to understand we are one in Christ. Now I know how we are, I mean, at least in this country, we think it's this denomination against this denomination. And we say, as long as you keep Jesus the main thing, he's the main thing. But honestly, there's still a lot of fighting about all the different things. These people sprinkle, these people submerge, these people believe once saved, always saved. These people believe, you know, if you tell a lie before you die, you're going to go to hell. All of this stuff. And what is Paul saying here? I've made you all one in Christ. He's saying that Jesus took all the hostility, everything that could divide us, the brokenness, our sinfulness. He bore it in his body that we might be one. So we need to think about how we relate and how we interact with other people. I don't think that that means that we never have disagreements, that we can't agree to disagree. I think we focus on Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. We understand that he has made us one, that there will be some truths that we will just not ever completely understand till we are on the other side. But in the meantime, we live united with those who name Christ, even if they voted a different way, even if they go to a church that we think, ah, I don't like what they do over there. If they're talking, teaching from the Bible, then they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We might not think that they've got all of it exactly right, but if they're saying that the Bible is the holy word of God, and that his word is infallible, and that he is immutable, that he is unchangeable, we've got a lot in common. And we need to quit majoring on what's minor. We need to understand this grace, that by grace he's made us into one body. Paul is giving, the apostle Paul is giving these great spiritual truths to help us mature. In the first three books of Ephesians, Paul is imparting great, profound, theological truths that will help us see that this world is not all there is and will help us mature, will help us see that we are growing into one body made holy by grace, by faith in Jesus Christ. 
in the last three chapters, the book of Ephesians, you'll see that there begins to be that. So now that you understand this big picture, here's how you live. Here's how you walk out your faith. Then there becomes uh, the more practical aspect. But the first three chapters are these profound truths that if we pour into them day after day after day and hour by hour, that God will keep revealing and giving more. The Bible teaches us that we are to study to show ourselves approved, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, but who can rightly divide the word of truth. And so that takes effort on our part, whether that's that you take some time every day in the word at the same time or each morning or in the evening, but that we make an effort to give time and attention to the word of God, because this subject of grace that we are talking about is the most lavish gift. And with this gift comes responsibility. The Bible says, right, to whom much is given, that much is required. And so we have, especially those of us in the country of America, we have Bibles in every store. We have Bibles online. We have Bibles on our phone, Bible, Bible, Bible. And yet there are so many people who are completely Bible illiterate, but say that they believe in the name of Christ. So there is a responsibility for us to mature. Hopefully all of us in six months will be more mature than we are today. But the more that we understand about his grace, the more that we're steeped in the love that he has for us, the more that we're able to lift our eyes to heaven and understand that we are right now seated with Christ in heavenly places, which makes the political turmoil that we are undergoing, it doesn't make it like easy. It doesn't make it like, oh, I don't care about it. It just puts it in perspective. Heaven and earth are passing away. But those that do the will of the Lord will live forever. Jesus says, when I return to the earth, will I find faith? So I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know that when that will happen. But if he comes back and I'm still on the earth, I want him to be able to say he found faith in me. I want him to be able to say that he found faith in you. And faith comes by the gift of grace, by believing on the name of Jesus Christ. Today's truth is that his grace, his grace is enough. His grace is enough for you. His grace is enough for me. His grace is sufficient. Whatever our circumstances, we have been taught to define our lives and to divine, define our Christianity and our standing with God in so many ways. We've been taught to define that by our circumstances. And I just implore you today to look in the Word of God. That is just not true. Some really great followers of Christ have gone through some really dire circumstances, and every day people are martyred for their faith. But when we understand that by grace we have been saved and that we are seated right now with Christ in heavenly places, and that someday we will be in the presence of an almighty God and that the light of Jesus Christ will light the place. When we understand that, all this junk here on earth, while it still matters, it's just not the most important thing. So I want you to remember that his grace, it's enough for you. 
It's enough for me. He is more than enough to get us through this life and we will reign with him forever in the next life. I'm out of time, I've gotta go, but I say goodbye and God bless you. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.